FBI Radio. It's the first Thursday of autumn, and that means uh, we're having the first down-to-earth of autumn. So, Professor Kurt Iverson, firstly, welcome back to the studio. It's great to have you in. It's always good to be here. Thank you. And so, you have been doing some work with a master's student at uni, a geography master's student called Tamsin Fisher. And what you've been doing is... You've been looking at the growth of apps that are designed to help us become better citizens, certainly in the eyes of of down-to-earth, ways that we can be more sustainable in our sort of everyday practices. Yeah, exactly. So, look, the premise of the research was just pretty simple, which is that we've got to a point now where, like, more than 8 in 10 adult Australians have a smartphone. So... uh, there's a whole lot of discussion about what we can do with these things and how they're becoming incorporated into everyday lives. And it just seemed like, well, how are they being incorporated into these everyday efforts to make cities a bit more sustainable and fair that we love to talk about on Down to Earth? So they kind of make us more ethically sound. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it turns out that, you know, this is what Apple, they actually trademarked the phrase, there's an app for that years ago when people started, you know, getting excited about apps for everything. What does that mean? Does that mean we can't use that? Oh, I don't know what that means exactly. I think nobody else can use it in advertising. Right. That's okay. right. I think they own it. Um, but yeah, you know, so it turns out that when you dig into it, there is apps all over the place that um, some of them obscure little things that are coming and disappearing as, you know, quick as a flash, but others that are actually getting really popular and being used by heaps of people. Well, we put the call out to find out a couple of apps that mm-hmm. the listeners were using. So maybe to get the ball rolling before we talk about some of yours, we can share a couple that have just rolled in. There's yeah, one. Yeah. We just had a look at a website called ecosia.com. It's a search engine that plants trees when you search something. Um, apparently they use 80% of the profits um, they generate to plant new trees. And it says here on their webpage that they're up to like 21 million trees. And Which counting. is a lot of trees. So... Which surely puts I'm it above. I'm totally going to check that out. Yeah, puts it ahead of a search engine that doesn't spend that much of its profits on planting <laughs> exactly trees, which right. is probably every other one. I know. And probably also just reminds us that every time we search, actually, there are, I mean, we've talked about this on Down to Earth before, but every time we search, there are environmental consequences um, of all that data that's sitting there on a server somewhere, sucking in air conditioning and we blah, blah, blah. We talked about that a while ago. How we there did. Were, uh, towers of sort of hard drives sitting around. Because yeah. the stuff that we think is on the cloud, it's not really floating up. That's right. In the biosphere, it's, yep. it's just on someone else's hard drive. Yeah, your cloud is somebody else's computer. That's right. <laughs> um, another text that's just come in on zero four zero nine nine four five nine four five is pa- an app called Palm Oil Investigations. This might have been something that you were going to touch upon. It's a Ooh. barcode scanner. Sam from the Sham has texted that in, so that helps you find I out. I was going to touch on that. We'll talk Ooh. about a few more of those info ones, but that one's been one that a lot of people have picked up, actually. So yeah. it's good to hear that one coming in and getting used as well. And so, where did you want to start in terms well, of. Well, um... yeah, look, I just figured we could just work through a few categories, really, mm. um, because, um, I mean, maybe we should jump straight to that. But, like, that palm oil app is an example of one category that I wanted to talk about, which is just kind of the ethical shopping consumer stuff right so um we'll get to that yeah yeah so there's a few things around out there that are doing what the palm oil app is doing which is effectively you can use the camera on your phone to just scan the barcode of a product that you're thinking of buying in the supermarket or at a clothes shop or whatever and then it'll spit back some information to you about hey did you know this company 
is doing all Which this right so on environmental easier. stuff. Or... I don't know if you've ever entered a competition where you have to manually type in the barcode of a product to prove that you've bought it. It's really a nightmare. It's Maybe a nightmare. I'm a bit dyslexic, but <laughs> the scanning I do is, yeah, is great. Yeah, it's super easy, right? And that's the idea of these things, that if we're carrying a phone, um, rather than having to carry all that information in our heads about which brand of tin tuner it is that we should support or whatever. Because um, they you kind know, of all look like they're doing the they right do. thing, they don't they? They all sort of say that, yeah. right? But yeah. So there's one out there called Shop Ethical um, that you can grab. Uh, that's got the started in Australia. That one, I mean, there are many of these things around the world, but that's a sort of Australian one. It's got about 4,000 products in its databases now. I'd that, imagine that it's important to have an Australian-focused one because it yeah. will sort of be across a lot more Australian yeah, products. exactly, exactly. So it's kind of, as you say, there are ones that would work in a US supermarket that just kind of wouldn't work here. Yeah. So they've taken information from places like Greenpeace and Choose Cruelty Free and World Wildlife Foundation, uh, Friends of the Earth, and then just applied it to all these products. So again, get the information from there and then you can make your call when you're in the shop about what to do. Um, we talked about sustainable fashion with Lisa Hines yes. a few weeks ago. So there's an app there as well, Good On You. Um, is another kind of app that actually started in Australia in 2015 and has now kind of been picked up globally, actually. Oh, there's a mozzie in the studio. Clapped it. Sorry, Megan's. Gone. <laughs> yep. Oh, she's just hardcore with the mozzie swatting in here. Um, so that one, again, you can just, when you're in the clothes shop, um, you know, look up the brand of things that you're thinking of purchasing and it'll give you a bit of information about the social and environmental responsibility the because company. we talked about that people want the story of their garments if they're trying to shop ethically they want to know the back history and it's near impossible the, sh- the sales assistant generally isn't going to be able to know yeah. at what country and in what conditions the garment's been manufactured yeah. in you sort of really need this app to be exactly able to- and you know it's such a brave new world right like in you know when the people started doing this kind of environmental work back in the sort of 70s and 80s so there was a very famous instance of somebody putting together a, almost a phone book of like reports on different companies in Sweden say that you know people literally you know you, you're going to walk around the shops with a phone book in your backpack probably not but now the wonderful world of smartphones there it all is well mum and dad Palm used to hand. have a stack of choice magazines that was almost as tall as I was which wasn't the easiest <laughs> thing to try and find out what appliance to buy when the that's right magazine's five so, years yeah. old so yeah actually and there's no I'm sure I wonder I didn't even look to see whether choice have a yeah, they've Absolutely. got stuff online I'm sure now. they would. They've definitely got plenty of stuff online. Um, well, how about we dive into food apps before we... Yep. So that's another some... category that uh, Tamsin sort of picked up in her research. And yeah, there's some really fun things out there. We've talked about food on the show before. So one uh, of the little genres of apps that I'm quite into is uh, stuff like there's one called Wild Food Map, another one called Ripe Near Me. Um, so wild food map, especially it's like that's to find those mulberry trees with the big branches hanging over the fences to make your mulberry jam in summer. And, you know, just find those little bits where you can go picking the low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit, the rosemary or the, you know, dandelion stuff that's growing in the, in the parks around the place. So, yeah, so those are good ones. Um, and again, uh, different, I guess, in terms of how they operate to the consumer ones in the sense that these ones usually have a kind of bit of a map interface. So you can just be like, yeah, pop open the app, see where you are in the world, and it's like in instead of giving you, free. yeah, instead of giving you the Google Map telling you where the nearest McDonald's is, it gives you the little map telling you where the nearest Mulberries are. Cool. So these were local harvest, mm-hmm. wild food map, and ripe near me. I'm yeah. sure that there's others. Once again, we're asking people to text in. Yeah, so. that's right. And you know, it's community radio and stuff, right? So we're not. We're doing it for you. Zero four zero nine nine four five nine four five. We're talking about 
apps today on Down to Earth with Associate Professor Kurt Iverson. Apps that can help us make ethical decisions, um, anything from shopping more ethically to fashion to food harvesting, and I'm sure we're going to get into a bunch more. FBI Radio Mornings, you're listening to Down to Earth, our fortnightly conversation about the environment, the urban environment, and how we can live in it and be better citizens with the way that we approach our surroundings. So Professor Kurt Iverson came in today with a bunch of information on different apps um, that he started thinking about through Tamsin Fisher, who's a master's student in geography at Sydney Uni, and Tamsin just handed in the the master's document yesterday. Very exciting. And now it's already been turned into hot content. So surely she's, she's <laughs> going to get good marks on this one. Yeah. Um, Kurt, we began the conversation today by listing some apps, looking at sort of um, fashion apps, consumer apps like Good On You, Shop Ethical. We also had a look at um, some food apps that mm-hmm. help you find free food um, around your area. So we listed a few of those, Ripe Near Me, Wild Food App, Local Harvest. I'm going to list all of those up on the program page at the end. So don't worry if you've missed something. Don't panic. Don't panic. So where are we going to go from here, Kat? Well, sharing apps seems to be another one that have that kind of environmental angle, right? So um, this whole discussion that's going on about the sharing economy and the platform economy, but it's just uh, the idea being with some of these apps that rather than buying your own thing, um, you might be able to share it. And I guess the thing about the apps is what they're, what they're doing is that, you know, maybe in a old school urban environmental context, we all would have known our neighbours well enough to be borrowing ladders and lawnmowers and all that sort of stuff. But as that sort of But now we hate them. Little, we don't talk to them. We yeah. upset them because we had a party last weekend. <sighs> they're not going to lend us that hammer or you know, their car exactly, or a bicycle. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things that the apps can do is kind of just grease the wheels of that sharing a little bit, you know, um, visualise the stuff that people are willing to share in your neighbourhood around you on a map again. Uh, and then... You know, having the usual kind of social media reputation checky stuff going on in the background so that if you've been a bad borrower in the past, somebody will rate you badly and you'll never borrow again. Um, but one of them, so there's one called Open Shed that's a good example of that, right? It's just, again, you know, if you've got tools that are sitting there in your shed, is the sort of notion of the app that you use once every six months. Why not make them available to your neighbours? Uh, and then, of course, we've got all the kind of transport ones that are popping up there, right? So there's Car Next Door that uh, takes the same approach to your car. If you've got maybe, a, I think for a lot of people that are on that, maybe a second car that doesn't get used except on the weekends and it's sitting there all week. Can other people use it? I have a bunch Why of mates not? who borrow those for overnight trips and yeah. get out of the city that don't have cars. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They like it's, them. It's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good idea. Um, again, because cars are one of those things that, you know, a lot of sunk costs go into keeping them on the road, but then they sit for so much of their life just in a driveway somewhere. So why and the not? better you try and be and the less you try and use your car, the more ridiculous it seems when you've got to pay a grand to exactly. sort of register to keep and it going. It. Yeah, so so that's a nice one. And then we've got all those bike ones that are popping up as well. A bit more commercial, I guess, those ones. It's not as though yeah, people are sharing their own bikes. But Really mixed opinions about the yeah. bike sharing. People hate seeing them on the streets. It is funny that you'll wake up one morning and step out of your house and the truck will have gone past and they will have unloaded about 20 or 30 cycles oh, yeah, really? up and down your street. I was walking through Woolloomooloo the other day and I saw somebody had hacked one of the bikes. I don't know oh, what color it was. To happen. Spray painted matte black and they'd 
hacked the clamp off the back of it. So instead of it becoming a share bike, it became a free bike. What I really loved to see was Mm. that it wasn't tied up. It was just left leaning. So you didn't have to download the app. Anybody could just jump on and use it. So a bit of bike share piracy. Yeah. And it is kind of interesting because I think this is the, you know, as usual where the sort of hard edge of some of this stuff is that there's a lot of people thinking about this stuff as opportunities for making money as well. So the sharing economy is being kind of, you know, monetized uh, in various ways. So it's sort interesting. of what happened with Uber. And yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to hear that, uh, yeah, people are liberating these commercial assets. For... It just made me so happy because it does make me sad when I see people who've purposely trashed them because I just think what was something that probably wasn't being used is now never going to be used. Yep, and now yep. it's just a piece of rubbish now on the street. Now it's busted up. Yeah. Yeah, which is no good. Um, so anyhow, we're talking about apps today to make uh, your lives more sustainable, um, decrease your carbon footprint. Whereabouts are we going now? Well, um, the other couple that I wanted to mention briefly, at least, is there are a bunch of just, I don't know, generic sort of information apps about various sustainability things. So Planet Arc have got a Recycle Smart app, which is, again, just something you can have on your phone when you're just not quite sure. Hey, this little funny bit of meat tray plastic here can i recycle that smart recycle will tell you um and uh sustain me is another one based out of melbourne that um again just has some guides about what things in your everyday life can be recycled Mm -hmm. and how to recycle them uh so there's those sorts of things there's all the interesting citizen science ones right where people are kind of like invited to sort of contribute to like sciencey stuff or to campaigns even where if you spot a particular thing in the wild um then you know snap a photo of it it goes to some big database so one of my favorite australian ones there um is koala tracker that's actually it's been going for a few years now it's just literally if you spot a koala somewhere take a picture of it and we'll know where it is i've always wanted to see one but oh, you never see one no i'd be i wouldn't have much Just to contribute to oh koala no. tracker yeah but yeah it sort of started in queensland and it actually had a real impact on planning up there because if a part of queensland is registered koala habitat then you can't develop in it and so they have these maps of places that can't be fully developed because they're koala habitats but um the maps were not really showing where the koalas actually were. So lots of people using this app actually kind of proved to the government that some of the parts that they were about to develop were actually koala habitats. And That's a great app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those kinds of things. And there's another one. Um, so there's a bunch in that sort of space. Um, Climate Watch is another one. But um, Dive Against Debris is another, just getting divers to kind of take, you know, pictures and log examples of rubbish that they've picked up on their dives and just as a way of documenting how polluted the oceans are. There's been a couple of strawkling events that have popped up over the last month or so. Um, A lot of people in the hospitality industry have been getting behind it. Strawkling is when people snorkel and collect straws from, from beach waste. See, that's If you've ever worked in a venue at the end of the night, you pretty much just dump a whole bucket of used straws that have been used once by one person for 10 minutes for each drink into the bin. Wow. It's a terrible waste. So I've just never heard of strawkling. That's awesome. Yep. There so that's, go. that's my learning for the day. Um, and hey, did now, did somebody, did we get any texts? We who's, have gotten who's written some texts. So we've got a couple of listeners who've texted in that use Clucker, which is an app so confusing standing in the egg aisle now because it can be oh, confusing so between free range and barn laid. We know that cage eggs means mm-hmm. cane eggs, but the other ones, there's different degrees of good yes. when it comes <laughs> to... Um, so Clucker lets you scan the front of the egg carton in the supermarket to see just how free range they are. So right. thank you, Jane. Thank you, our other listener who texted in. Um, 
we had an interesting one. We, 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 we kind of started the conversation talking about Ecosia, the search engine that plants trees. Somebody uses that. So here's some feedback. I use Ecosia at my work computer. The search engine itself sucks, but it makes me feel superior to my coworkers. <laughs> nice. Look at me. I'm searching on Ecosia. Look at these trees. Yeah. I'm it just takes so me good. twice as long to find what I'm looking for. But hey, the uh-huh. more people use it, the search engine will get better. <laughs> Watch out, Is that Google. how that works? All yeah. right, good. Um, but yeah, and look, I think, you know, we could keep going with categories. The one that we sort of didn't get into really, but there's a whole bunch of apps that people can get on their phone monitoring their energy usage or, you know, trip going Sydney. It's one of those sort of transport apps that gives you different route plans to get from A to B on public transport or cars or walking and then spits out a, you know, um, carbon footprint of the different forms of travel. So yeah, there's just heaps of these things floating around and, the question that you know you've got to ask of all of them really um, is a what's the information that's sitting in the background and can we rely on it? So that you know we've sort of got to I think just dig into some of these things before we embrace them holus bolus. So knowing, you trust everything that all the information yeah, that they're giving you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I think most of the ones that we've talked about today, from looking into the background of them, seem to you know be doing their homework. And what kind of stuff? would you be looking for, Kurt, if you want to know whether or not an app is giving you reputable information? Yeah, well, I just think actually transparency about where it's coming from is the main thing, right? So most of the ones we've talked about today, if you pop onto the app's website, it will just actually break down in the about section. This is how we do what we're doing here. And quite a few of them actually let you contribute information. So if you've got information about a particular product or something that's not there, they'll say, you know, send it in and we'll have a look at it. And if we think it's right, we'll build it into the app. So, you know, a bit of dialogue in the community about that stuff is good. Dialogue and transparency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are the two key things. Um, and, you know, but the the thing about a lot of them too is it's just interesting the different ways that they work, right? So some of them just assuming that if we've got the right information, we'll do the right thing. Um, some of them trying to turn it into a game and sort of realizing, it, you know, the sort of attitude that actually people aren't going to do the right thing just to look better than their workmates maybe, or maybe that's what will motivate them, right? That it's just Definitely. that sort of competitive thing. So there's a big one in the, mostly in the States, but I think you can use it here now too called Jewel Bug that is just literally, you can kind of plug in your everyday activities and win points for doing sustainable stuff. And then you can set up a little sort of social circle or friendship group or work group where you're all competing for points. Oh, cool. And so those points win. get traded for things? Or yeah. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yep. I think you just win on Julebug. Cool. Um, there was That's one. That's fine. That's all I need. Exactly. <laughs> there's one in Melbourne, like the so There's one floating around the city of Melbourne where you can earn green money uh, that can actually be spent in sort of participating shops around the city of Melbourne who are sort of part of it. So some of them incentivizing things with actual financial reward. Yeah. So you know different options floating around out there for people to experiment with on their phones. And Kurt, you only sort of in within the last six months got your first smartphone. So yes. this is kind of new territory for you. And look, as we know, <laughs> the mobile phone industry itself does create and contribute yeah. a lot of waste to the world. Yeah, that's right. So we ha- And we've talked about this before, haven't we? But I think it's really worth just also, before we get too super excited about how smartphones are going to make everything better, um, remember that actually smartphones themselves are sort of contributing to a whole bunch of sort of social and environmental problems, particularly with the kind of obsessive built-in obsolescence of these devices where we're supposed to be, you know, replacing them every year to keep up with the latest whatever it is. Um, so I think, you know, being conscious while we use the phones to do this cool stuff of also trying to do, like, the right thing with the phone. Um, so if you're getting rid of one, the mobile master stuff is really important. Yep. But most importantly, I think, is to just all of us... Um, 
collectively maybe buying a few less of these things, right, and not feeling like we need to change it every year because, um, yeah, the kind of global consequences of that right now are also pretty hectic. Thanks, Kurt. Well, this has been down to earth. One more text I'll try and get in. Um, there's an IFAW wildlife rescue app. Um, did we mention this one? If you, it's, it's an app that if you find injured wildlife, it'll connect you to the closest like wires oh, or cool. organisation right. that'll... No, I didn't know about that which one. Which is good nice in regional one. areas. Um, yeah. If you want to help out now yeah, with good. your car um so thank you gay for texting that one in we'll i'll try and move through a few more of these texts um that we've run out of time for down to earth today and kurt's got to go on and do the thousand things that you do outside of here but if you have any other apps that you think are worth a mention i'd love to share them zero four zero nine nine four five nine four five text them in with your phone um the segment is podcasted each week so you can listen back to past episodes of down to earth by heading to fbiradio.com forward slash down to earth yeah and like quick shout out to michelle sanan who was on a fortnight ago uh talking about her production lola stayed too long all about heat stress in cities starts today at the unsw U- university of sydney oh university of sydney the, comp- the competition that's <laughs> right <laughs> all right well cheers kurt we'll catch you in another couple of weeks time yeah looking forward to it This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.